Gloves are off, God. God has taken my bird and my bush. God is a mean kid with a magnifying glass. Smite me, almighty smiter. Now, I'm not much for blaspheming, but that last one made me laugh. Who are you? I'm the one. Creator of the heavens and the earth, Alpha and Omega. I'm God. The views expressed on the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, exploring solutions for life today. A presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. All right, David, there's your cue. Overcome. Do you know they're coming out with a movie called Overcomer? Yes, and our life group is going to go see it. Yeah. It's it's uh it's interesting because back when I was at uh, Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, right, our outpatient group was called Overcomers. Overcomers, yeah, ah, yeah, breaking yeah. the chains. I belonged to a youth group that was called Overcomers one time. And it's funny uh, how this, all of this it, it's amazing. ties together. We didn't plan that. It is amazing. Hey, wouldn't it be great if uh, just walking to the, into the rooms of recovery and being willing to just take that step and sit down in a meeting, all of a sudden the clouds opened up and you were in a room and there was Morgan Freeman as God speaking into your life and everything changed immediately and you had a burning bush experience and it was all just rainbows and unicorns. Wouldn't that have been great? <laughs> Wait a minute here. Are we talking <laughs> like a Morgan Freeman experience or a I don't know. burning bush? I mean, you kind of got some of those. Well, you know, I, who knows? All rolled maybe, up in the one. Maybe if we mix it. Maybe he wheeled in the burning bush on a little Charleston Heston. red flyer. Charleston Heston could be at, 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 on, on, a, on a mountaintop in a studio. A bush starts to burn. And then the voice of Morgan Freeman comes on. Or maybe Jim Carrey has <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't know. But the topic this uh, on this episode of Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life today with Dave Fleming Ooh. is our burning bush. And uh, Dave's going to kind of talk about that, explain what that's all about. Um, but first, I know nothing. We have this. It's time for what? It's time for Dave and Monty's Icebreaker. That's right. Oh, no. You're Medic. Aw- you're awfully messy. Medic. <laughs> I cut myself. 
Uh, you need a band aid. So this is this wah, is this wah, is. Wah, wah. <laughs> I can't help it if some of the listeners aren't going to identify at all. Do that again. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Okay. So you remind me of some of the contestants on this uh, season of Big Brother. <laughs> Bunch of crybabies. All right. Uh, in a release published Monday morning, the Livingston County, Michigan Sheriff's Office reports thieves broke in. <laughs> Livingston County, Michigan Sheriff's Office. Uh, thieves broke in and stole a cash register from Build a Burger restaurant, along with the establishment's entire hmm? surveillance system. So I guess they thought. If we steal the cameras, uh, they're not going to catch us. Who knows? But they also stole something else, Dave. A large bowl of macaroni salad. Okay. Maybe That's always my goal. Maybe they're I'm, hungry. <laughs> well, deputies were hot on the criminal's trail, literally, as they attempted to escape via the nearby walking trail. Found along the trail were cash register parts, surveillance system parts, rubber gloves, loose change, and a steady trail of macaroni salad. (laughs) The sheriff's office said it was later discovered that the suspects stole a large bowl of macaroni salad, which they took turns eating, stopping, resting, and eating, stopping, resting, and eating on their escape route. <laughs> Can't make this stuff uh, up, folks. Officers arrested Matthew, I won't say the last <coughs> names, 34, James 35, and Timothy 23. The three have been charged with third degree burglary, third degree criminal mischief, and fourth degree grand larceny. Um, Were drugs involved? I don't know, but they, well, yeah, yeah. So Timothy was uh, charged with additional charges of possession of a controlled substance. So Timothy was the drug guy. You know, I, if you're going to do this, why don't you eat first? Right? Have a good meal before Just you... Just not do it. How about that? <laughs> Use your powers for good instead of evil. Oh, my goodness. So that's a short icebreaker, but, you know, we're not macaronian around here, man. No way. That's pretty cheesy. Oh, boy. Canoodling. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody, it's the Monty Man from Take 12 Recovery Radio inviting you to help us celebrate National Recovery Month by attending Hands Across the Bridge, Building Bridges. When? September 6th from 2 to 7 p.m. at Riverfront Park Amphitheater in Salem, Oregon. The main event kicks off at 5 p.m. and is free Free, free, to everyone. A DJ, live music, speakers, food, games, fellowship, and it's family-friendly. So bring the kiddos. Hands Across the Bridge is an annual event held to celebrate recovery from addiction and mental health challenges and to remember those we have lost. It's a time when we gather across the Center Street Bridge to honor our fallen loved ones and to show that recovery is possible, especially when we do it together. Listen, if you have any questions about the event or if you're interested in becoming a vendor or a sponsor, please call Loretta at 503-393-4273. That's Hands Across the Bridge, Building Bridges, September 6th from 2 to 7 p.m. at Riverfront Park Amphitheater. St. Oregon. Oregon. Don't forget to stop by the Tank 12 Recovery Radio booth and say hi to the Monty Man. 
2019 Hands Across the Bridge is brought to you by the Marion Polk Peer Coalition. All righty. And by the way, you're going to have an opportunity to not only say hi to the money man, but say hi to Dave the Vid Fleming. Yo. As well as Denver Wolf, uh, one of our co hosts. <laughs> our co host for the, uh, the other shows that we do. The other uh, craziness that we do here. So we'll, we'll all be there uh, as well. And, uh, Thanks for the warning. I guess we're going to be up on the stage. I got us up on the Ooh. stage, Dave. Um, we got our roaming microphone. I'm not sure how much roaming I'll be doing, but please come up to the booth and talk with us. Share a little bit of your experience, strength, and hope, and uh, we may put you on the radio. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then the very next day... Uh, we're going to be up at Clark Community College in Vancouver for the Vancouver, Washington, right over the the, the uh, I-5 bridge uh, from Portland uh, for the Southwest Recovery, Southwest Washington, boy, this is a five-time faster one, the Southwest Washington Recovery Coalition event. Wow. So lots of recovery folks and different recovery uh, vendors and things uh, from Southwest Washington. Recovery Coalition. Take a breath. <laughs> and don't forget, next month is Recovery Month. National Recovery Month. That's yeah. right. Yes, indeedy. Lots of hands across the bridges going on. Yes. From coast to coast. A, I think uh, um, Boston, they're doing, doing one. Brain fart. Uh, they're, they're doing two walks, uh, if they haven't done them already. Uh, Oregon Recovers, is that? Yeah, there there's a walk. Yeah, there is a no, I think they did their walk. Okay. But I'm not sure. Go to uh, OregonRecovers.org and don't forget to slide down to the bottom of the page where you see our logo as a sponsor, of course. And um, now if you go to what is it, SAMHSA.gov? Yeah, they, you can they have find, a, you can find uh, events in your area. Yeah. So wherever you are, because our show reaches all across the world, there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on. Lots of stuff. Um, get involved. Go to them. Have some fun. Just don't go to meetings, drink bad coffee, and do nothing else. Go out and have fun. Go camping. Go to the beach. Go Do that stuff with your recovery family. It's good for you. Go share your experience, strength, and hope. That's right. Um, okay. So uh, we have coffee mugs, Dave. So if have you drank coffee out of your coffee mug yet? I have not drank coffee out of my mug. I had some tea this morning. Did though. you? I did. Oh, very nice. <clears throat> I had some throat coat tea because because your throat's kind of throat's messed kinda up messed up today. Well, if you'd like an official Take Twelve Recovery Radio coffee mug, uh, sporting uh, the Monty Man mascot on one side and Take Twelve Recovery Radio on the other. Hey, I just thought of something. What are those mugs? Autographed? No. I've already bought $500 worth of mugs. I'm not I have a Sharpie. Well, we could do that. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. If you would like your mug autographed. Autographed. uh, Include that in your email. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah. You mean it may not be able to wash it in the dishwasher, but you can wash it by hand if you're careful. Um, but anyway, we got a great deal going on right now, Dave, with that. If you go to Take12Radio.com and click on the banner, get your Take12 Recovery Radio coffee mug, 
uh, what you will get, they're normally $17. Now, the reason they're $17 is because we're trying to, we make a couple of dollars profit on it so we can help keep us on the air. It's part of a donation to help keep us on the air. Um, but we have a $67 value right now, Dave, because we have Walking Through the Big Book, which Ooh. is 34 one-hour workshops wow. taking folks through the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous Line by line, page by page, with Chris S. Wow. Uh, one of the most sought-after circuit speakers in the world of the 12 Steps, along with walking through the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions with Chris S. And uh, so we're giving those away no as well. Yes, with the coffee mug. For $17. For, for No, for $25. Oh, $25. So if okay. you order walking through the big book, you get... Walking through the 12, 12 and 12, you get the coffee mug and you get that for $25. Wow. So it's a great deal. It's a great deal. That's if you just, huge. If you just want to get the mug for 17 you can do that. And it shows you how to do that on the page. So go to Take12Radio.com and click on the banner to get your mug. It'll explain how to do that. Now, that's a limited time because nice. we have a limited amount of mugs. So I, I, should, get, uh, I should get one so that I can, I can work the steps through listening you, to the You could. Movie. You could. You're Just very, a little tight. Let me last, tell you something. If you sit week. down and listen to and listen to Walking Through the Big Book with Chris S., you sit down and do that, <clears throat> open up your big book, I am telling you, you very well may get a more thorough rendering of the steps than you would sometimes sitting in a meeting or a big book study. That's how thorough this thing is. Uh, so don't miss out on that. And there you go. All right, Dave. There you have it. There you have it. The topic, our burning bush. I mean, you know, one of the things one of the things that I was um, kind of a rude awakening to me when I first got into recovery was after my first six months of sitting in meetings, right, I couldn't figure out why some of my friends and family weren't doing bad flicks flips and jumping up and down and saying, <laughs> wow, you've changed so much. What a wonderful thing you're doing. Because I thought, because I put my best foot forward and was doing the next right thing, that all sorts of wonderful things would happen overnight. Uh, I, and were you doing the next right thing according to you? Absolutely. According to? No. Uh, the program knows, according to me. <laughs> it was according. I did, right. ju Just show up. Keep coming back. It works. So I kept coming back. I wasn't sure what worked, but I kept coming back. And I'd have I you know, I'd have family members. You, my mom, my dad, going. So, how's your day? Oh, great! I went to three meetings today. How's your life? It sucks. Oh, because things weren't happening quick enough. But I wasn't doing anything to make them happen. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I told her when I got out of my first residential program, yeah, my family said, "So you're healed, right?" Oh, right, you're you, all fixed. Yeah, you got that side <laughs> of it. Oh, good, he's doing this now, and there's no more problems. Right. So they they expect a burning bush. I guess, yeah. yeah. They didn't know what to expect. You know how that goes, right? Most people don't. They just think oh, they don't just stop, or you go to treatment and then you're done. You're good, right? Right. You've learned. I'm fixed. Yeah. I'm done. I'm healed. You learn how to drink responsibly now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Managed <clears throat> recovery, maybe. <laughs> 
So you 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 actually brought up something uh, a reading uh, about this whole idea of the burning bush syndrome, right? Syndrome. Yeah, I mean, this was we. This was uh, one that came up uh, last month. Actually, we got sidetracked. Um, but yeah, this like ties into this topic ties into like how I was looking at things in my through my process, right? Uh, and then through uh, extended recovery, you know, yeah. Um, remembering that, you know, we got to do some work. We got to, things aren't just going to miraculously like happen just because we're sober and we're doing the right thing. Like you said before, you know, yeah. Um, our family, our, our family's changed. Our lives have changed. We are you know, we've got our lives together. Sure. Um, but maybe there's something going on or you're waiting for something or you're, trying to your crossroads trying to mm-hmm. make a decision mm-hmm. and you want things to just happen or just that you know like for me early on prayers were answered pretty readily like every single one and now i have to like i'm like hey what's going on so sometimes we think you know i want that that burning bush to ha- just boom up here okay now we're going to go this direction so we we want the answers to be <clears throat> clear concise Almost like God's coming down from the heavens and speaking directly to us. Well, you know, I think that just t- gets tied into, you know, uh, movie land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we tend to liken our lives to, like, musicians or movies or, you know what I mean? It's like mm. that's supposed to be a picture of what real life is like right. for some people, not not everyone. <clears throat> you know, it's the same thing. Like when I, when I, uh, when I tie into things, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. <clears throat> like I said, my brain's not working today. So let's start from the beginning, right? Uh, you want to read this? Yeah, sure. Uh, so this uh, is entitled. It's all tore up today. <clears throat> it's entitled "Our Burning Bush." It says, "For some of us, our pain was brought on by some sort of traumatic event. One day, we were pain free. The next day, our lives were to be changed forever. When our recovery process started, we expected the same type of breakthrough, our sudden event that would change us forever. We expected something quick and easy." that would put us back on course. As time passed, we discovered there was no burning bush to guide us back on course or take away our pain. Rather, we discovered that this was to be a slow process with many subtle signs to follow that would guide us and become our burning bush. Do I expect my life to change instantly? Or do I believe my life will change and grow in time? And then as a prayer, higher power, please help me realize that your guidance comes in many forms, not always through a burning bush of revelations. Yeah, I don't know. Did you did you get a burning bush of revelation? No. Yeah, I didn't either. Mine was uh, <coughs> slow and um, sometimes painful. Sure. Uh, it, you know, the whole process of my figuring this this addiction and recovery thing out took about twenty five years, actually. Mm-hmm. 
And we're we're still figuring it out on some level, right? It's just, you know, I read this reading again. It's it's interesting. This ties a lot into my my story. You know, I've shared on here a few times. But, um, you know, I got to a point in my life where I was like, you know, I've been to treatment a couple of times and you, you get all those things popping in your head that you heard in treatment, right? You know, they talk all about the platitudes and everything. <clears throat> talk yeah. about how, you know, once you go to treatment, it wrecks your using, wrecks your high, then, yeah, you know, moving forward. So I got to a point where I said, okay, you know, <clears throat> let's look at this God thing, whatever. I don't know what that is. I know I'm a spiritual being. I've always believed that, but I don't buy it. I don't, uh, I wasn't into this, you know, organized religion or because mm-hmm. most of the people that I knew that were Christians were a bunch of hypocrites. Um, or, you know, that was your perception anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, put their own spin on what, you know, they'd throw in some scriptures to their own right topic to their sermon or whatever that day. So I was I was searching and I wasn't sure what and I would my prayer was if there is a God and you want to work in my life give me a sign and I did that for years before I got sober and early on in my recovery and I remember looking back uh, a few times and saying yep I can see now where where God has stepped in and kind of guided me mm-hmm. down into the right path mm-hmm. like my life if you can imagine this straight line. You know, <clears throat> up and down. Yeah. Right? And then that's that's God's plan for my life. And then here here's me. I come, to, I start down that path, and then all of a sudden I take a hard left <laughs> and then make it a hard right. And, yeah. that, and I'm going back and forth across this center line, right? Right. Listeners can, can visualize this. Yeah. So every once in a while I, get, I cross that center line, and God would correct my path and send me down towards the, you know yeah, sure. where I'm supposed to go. Well, I finally had gotten to the point, I guess, this is where God was at, is I just wasn't listening. Like, because I would, I would, something would happen, and I'd still say, yeah, but. Right. Yeah, the yeah, but happened. Yeah, but. Uh, okay, here's your, you know, the, the here's your sign joke. Right. And then I'd be like, yeah, but, <laughs> you know, I want something. I want that burning bush. Right. Right. I yeah. want that white light experience. I want that, you know, you hear people talk about these experiences they have. And it's like, I, well, Why so can't I, I have, have that. Why I have I? to have that in order for me to get, to get it, to be saved. Sure. Whatever. Because I've, I've gone through that whole thing where, well, if you just, you know, if you just ask, if you just say the prayer, if you just say the words, you ask God into your heart, he'll come into your heart, and you'll be saved, and blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. We all know the mm-hmm. spiel. And so I would sit there and go, I'd sit in my chair, at your watch. and I'd look at my watch, <laughs> and I'd look up at the sky or the ceiling or whatever up in the air and right. go, okay, I'm waiting. <laughs> tick tock, tick tock. And nothing would ever happen. <clears throat> yeah, that's hilarious. And I'd be like, yeah, see, this is a bunch of BS. Right. So... Uh, yeah, one day God got my attention and, uh, through a series of events, like, you know, some of you've heard my story before I came out of a blackout on my living room floor Mm -hmm. 
and my TV was on and all I heard was, if you can't, can believe all things are possible. And I'm just like, what the, <laughs> I look over and the remote somehow is across the room and my TV is like on, uh, the Trinity broadcast network. Sure. Right. Yeah. The, the, the Christian, the channel. Christian channel. I'm like, what dun, dun, dun. like I, I, my, I think my TV was hardwired to the sci-fi channel. The sci-fi channel. Sci-fi channel. Remember. <laughs> what was that? What was that? <laughs> Twilight Zone. Jeez, I'm going to blow my ears off. <clears throat> Sorry. So anyway, through, and I I'd prayed about it, you know, a, a few times. I had this, you know, moment of clarity, as they say, coming mm-hmm. home from work one day. And I'm like, okay, God, if you're there and you're working in my life, give me a sign. Help me get back into treatment, and I'll I'll make a go of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll I'll get my, you know, what together. And so this night, I I wake up out of this blackout. You know, uh, my wife comes over or she calls me and says, "It's her day to take your daughter to volleyball practice." And I'm okay. And I wanted to say, I'm thinking in my head, you know, no, I'm like. You're a block away. Why don't you just take her? I want, uh, that's what I wanted to say. I'm saying that in my head. And I'm like, okay. And so she brings her over. She goes 10 miles out of her, in the opposite direction, drop, yeah. drops her off at my house. And in the meantime, I'm I'm slinging screwdrivers, right, to get my head clear. Uh-huh. Uh, only I had a few more over to the other side. And uh, my wife comes, uh, and we were separated at the time. She comes in and... You know, I greet her and okay, you know, or, you know, and I'm thinking to myself and I don't know why I didn't say anything, but like, can't you like smell the booze on me? Cause I've been drinking for like three days straight. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, here you go. I'll see you later. And <clears throat> okay. Wow. So we go, we go out to the truck and my truck's parked half on the sidewalk and half in the street. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, been must there. Have, must have rolled there. back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was, it was on a hill, you know. <laughs> and so we got in the truck, and away we went. Went, drove back across the the river. Yeah, and uh, past my wife's house, and to the school, and through. Basically, it's uh, from my uh, Minnesota friends on Taylor's Falls until you until you got about got to the Chisago Lakes Middle School. I was driving on the wrong side of the road in a blackout. And it's probably about eight miles. Oh, my goodness. At night. It was in the dark. Yeah. Wow. So I pull into the school. I drop my daughter off. You know, I drew, go through the whatever. Roundabout hor- thingy. Hor- horseshoe. Sure. <clears throat> and I pull up and I park. And, like, literally, like, a minute later, I look up and there's lights flashing, flashing in my rearview mirror. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> right because I, I i just knew that that was god answering my prayer i don't know i don't know why yeah. but i was like i'm sure the you know the officer was like oh here we go one of those crazy drunks right and he and the funny thing was is uh yeah it was it was just a crazy thing and so instead of like doing the breathalyzer i'm like no i want to go to the hospital and get a blood test that's what you said yeah you are unique. I I was just yeah whatever, and you know, looking back on it now, 
I think I was thinking that the the blood the alcohol would be out of my system right, by the time, time to the we hospital. get there and do all that. When it actually it would yeah it was more yeah. This is what we talk about our best thinking, right? Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, long story short, I get out of there. I get get to detox. I go into detox, and as I'm as I'm going through all this, I'm praying, you know. And we get to the detox, and I don't remember exactly, like, the second this happened, mm-hmm. but I remember getting into the the dorm room. Mm-hmm. I was the only one in there. There's, like, four beds there. And realized that um, I wasn't... I wasn't drunk anymore and my head was cleared and I didn't, you know, the obsession was lifted. Right. We hear about that sometimes. Sure. Sure. It was like a light switch flipped on or flipped off or whatever you want to call it. And all of a sudden now I'm sober, I'm clear headed. I'm, and I'm like, all of this stuff is just like coming together. All these things Mm-hmm. I'm putting together they're happy in my life, you know. Uh the whole you know <laughs> it was the it was uh the twelfth, that that was the day that this happened. My birthday's on the twelfth. I live in an apartment twelve. There's the twelve disciples, right? Yeah. Um I was in bed number twenty four. <laughs> so there was all these like right. 12s and 24s and, and things like that going on, and it was just God's way 12 of, steps later, take was, 12 radio now. Yeah, it, it was like God was like yeah, giving me these little cues to help me see what was going on. And I was probably drinking, you know, at least a gallon of vodka a day at, at that point. Which is no small amount. Which is no small you, amount. You, you, your body is. I mean, just I, I'm sitting here saying, yeah, I'm just, you know, all of a sudden, you know, yeah. I'm sober. And, right. Yeah, but when you're drinking a. I was drinking a, about a gallon of vodka or whatever uh, for probably a, at least a year straight at that point. It, it, it is only, only Providence that you didn't go into DTs. Oh, I should be dead. Right. Uh, right. And that was one of the things. And even when I was there, they I remember them asking me. How much have you been drinking? And I said, I don't know, maybe a pint or two. Mm. And so uh, I remember them, I vaguely remember them giving me a pill, and I don't know if it was just like a right ibuprofen or, or what it was. Nausea or, yeah. But when I, I was actually telling the truth when I said a pint or two, because what I would do is I'd drink a pint or two at a time. At a time, yeah. Right? Sure. To make it look like... I'm not drinking that much. Yeah, I had a I had a I had about probably about <laughs> a pint or two. I had about a lot. Fif- <laughs> I had about fifteen liquor stores on rotation. Oh, great! That were in my traveling route on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't want anybody to know how much I was drinking. Yeah, which is insane insanity, right? <laughs> so there was there was that part where I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden now there's like, you know. My my obsession, my alcoholism has been removed, and I'm still like you know I'm I'm like what the hell. Um, so I get back to the I don't know how many days it was, but they, mm-hmm. they get back to the jail, and I grab a big book and a Bible, and all I remember is it, I started reading like between the two of them, my mm-hmm. ADD was kicking in, so. Mm-hmm. 
I'd read, you know, paragraph one and then I'd switch off. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I mean, I was having like, I would sit there laying in my bed with my eyes closed and I'd, I would have these like visions of demons. And I actually had this encounter where I was wide awake at the time where it was my boss from work, you know, telling me, it was like a, the old English style courts where they're, you know, every, all the woodwork and they're yeah. up really high. And oh, yeah, yeah. He wasn't yeah. wearing the white wig or anything, but right. everything else. Right. And he's like, yeah, you, you get to, you know, you're going to keep your job. We're going to let you, let you come back. But there's going to be some stipulations. You got to sign this contract. And in the process of this happening, this is where the TV and the, the movies part falls in. Uh-huh. Is like all of a sudden I hear like his voice change to like the the TV or the movie version of what, what the, God the devil. Like. No, oh, the, the devil. devil. Oh, okay. Like he wanted me to sign this contract basically uh, in, in blood. Okay, yeah. And it, I like jumped up out of my bed and I was like, what the? Yeah. It freaked me the hell out. So I, I, I would I pray, God, you know, tell me what to do. And that's where the, you know, all of a sudden the only thing you had to change is everything came into play that I've talked about before. Sure. And so what does that look like? And so praying for others instead of the foxhole prayers, you know, mm -hmm. get me out of this mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. uh, asking for help, which I never did. I don't, I don't even remember ever asking for help my entire life because I was always told, right, this is where some of the trauma comes in. Mm -hmm. I was always told what to do and, and how to do it. And children should be seen and not heard and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. shut up and do what I tell you. Yeah. Right. And so um, I just went out and did my own thing. I never asked for anybody's help because I just figured I wasn't going to get it. I was just going to get beat down some more. And in this process, um, I had to ask for help. So I called my boss. Somehow I was able to, I don't know, I made like four phone calls while I was sitting in there. I don't know how I did it. Called my boss and he's like, yeah, uh, we were going to come send somebody looking for you. We we kind of thought something like that happened, and I was like, "Huh? What?" I'd only been working there a couple of months. I'm like, "Why would you even?" I'm thinking to myself, "Why would you even bother? Uh, Why would you waste your time? You don't even know me." Yeah. <clears throat> wow. But then the you know the other side of my my other the the the, the yeah. narcissistic part of me is like, yeah, the other you know <laughs> you work do the work of three people anyway so why wouldn't they keep you <laughs> right so i'm fighting I'm, I'm constantly battling with this good and evil yeah thing going on. and i called my pastor and i said or the pastor that i know pastor tom and i said uh hey you know can you come down i need to i need to talk so he comes down told him what was going on we prayed together and he said you know uh, how much is going to come? How much is going to cost to get you out? I told him. He said, "I'll come back tomorrow and get you out." Mm -hmm. Tomorrow comes, he doesn't show up, and I'm thinking, "Oh, here goes another person." Yeah, another Let person walked out. Yep. yep, yep, another person not not keeping the word. And I just heard this, and I call it God speaking through my conscience, mm -hmm. like that inner voice. Sure, it was like, dude, you need to just chill out, right? Because that's kind of how God, I mean God talk mm -hmm. it's like dude you just need to chill out because maybe he's out home with somebody else right now right you know you're not the only one that needs help and you're kind of 
in a good place right now. It's not. Yeah, you're not like, going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You don't. You know, like you, you got all your needs met. So I'm like, okay. And so I said, if you're if you're working in my life, give me a sign. And like, and 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 this whole conflict. I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but I'm, I'm looking back at it now, realizing that that was the sign that that voice coming. Yeah. You know, that inner voice coming through, telling me that. But anyway, so we we're sitting down at uh, after lunch in this document the uh Deb the sergeant at the time she puts this documentary on it's called Creation versus Evolution and it's about archaeology and the bible and Yeah, I'm familiar that. with it. Yeah. And really because I can't find it anywhere. I haven't been able to find the exact one. I think it's part of ever the since inst- I left. The Institute for Creation Research I think put it out. But it basically it told it was talking about the science of archaeology right. and it was talking about the the Bible and these the artifacts and all this and it was also th- it also threw in some scriptures. Um and in the middle of this all of a sudden it said Jesus said if you can't believe all things are possible. And I about fell off my chair because that's the same thing I heard coming out of a blackout. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like So there you had confirmation. There's my you know, 14,000th confirmation. The sign that you were looking right. for. And I'm like, again, <laughs> okay, I give up. Right. So pastor Tom shows up the next day and bails me out and says, I apologize for not coming yesterday because I was helping somebody else. They got somebody from there the church, go. got in a car accident. And I was at the hospital with them. Yeah. And I just, you know, I was like, boom, I was blown away again. Yeah. yeah. And um, just, you know, things like that happen. Um, one time when I was, uh, um, and these are my, I guess like you, they would classify these as my little burning bush moments, even though I didn't acknowledge that it was that at the time. But right. it was just, you know, I'd been working, you know, 40 to 50 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Then I'm I'm probably doing, you know, I'm going to meetings every day at least one meeting a day and I'm also doing service work and I'm volunteering at my church and the local radio, local TV station. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing all this stuff and I'm, I'm like, God, it would sure be nice if, if it could help me out with figuring out some time that I could actually study and read, read the word and, and just, so one day I'm at work <clears throat> and I had injured my foot. So I was on light duty and they said, they, I was in the print shop and they said, okay, uh, we need you to go down to the drum line. We need something. They need somebody down there. So okay, so I go down there, and basically they say what you need to do is the guys are the welders inside the drum. You got to make sure that they don't fall off the ladder or they don't get overwhelmed with fumes. <clears throat> so basically, I'm sitting in a in a chair next to this you know mixer drum that's turned up on its end, mm-hmm. um, keeping an eye on the welder. Well, they're only in there for maybe four hours a day. So I'm sitting in this chair for four hours, just irritated to all get out for like a week. I'm just like, what the? And got to be like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Like here, you take me out of a place where I'm being productive and, um, you know, don't you know, you know, that don't you know who I am thing kind of popped in my head for a second. But it was like. And then it just hit me. It's like, hey, dummy, you got exactly what you asked for. Right. 
because it didn't interfere with anything. And, and you know, mm-hmm. I've had little things like that happen all the time. I, you know, I, I, I'd pray, uh, pray for help with something and, you know, mm-hmm. God would, would mm-hmm. give me help, but it wouldn't be yeah exactly yeah. Uh, the way I, which is probably a good thing. You know, there was a, there was a time when I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this job forever. So it'd be nice if I could go back to school full time and still have an income for my family. So I had the bright idea of going and playing the lottery. Like I got this down to a science. I'm using all the positive affirmations right. that I learned in recovery. Yeah. I, I'm using all all the different scientific methods, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm spraying it. I'm speaking it into existence. I'm doing all this stuff, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so I'm playing the lottery like every every day or once a week or whatever, and nothing, not even a dollar. And then I get called into the human resource office and it, you know, and I was like, okay, I was like, this will, this will be interesting. I think I know what this is about. So I walk in there and it's the new guy and he's sh- like shaking. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, you know, I kind of had this, for some reason I had this reputation of just being a hard ass. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> Cause I'm this big soft teddy bear. Yeah. Anyway, so he's like, well, I hate to tell you this, but we're going to, you know, basically, long story short, uh, he told me and basically, you know, I have to let you off. Yeah. This is, and at the time, the company was going through a whole bunch of layoffs. This is like the, I got caught in the, like, the fourth round of layoffs. So again, God answered you. So again, as I knew exactly when it happened, I'm like, bam, yep, here we go. Because now, <clears throat> not only am I getting, all my medical taken care of by work because I'm on workman's comp. Right. Uh, but I'm getting unemployment and I have nothing to do all day. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. I said, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to go and enroll in school. Yeah. I'm going to take my GED and then I'm going to go enroll in college. And if they, they give me a job along the way, then I'll, you know, because I'm not, you know, you're not supposed to turn it down if they offer you a job. Uh, so if they offer me a job somewhere along the way, I'll take it and we'll see what God has planned. And I didn't, didn't get one job. Hmm. And I was on, the, it was during the time where I had unemployment for like, I don't know, it was two years or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was there mm-hmm. during when everything fell apart. So yeah, I was on unemployment for like two years. I, first two years of uh, college, I basically went full time and uh, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. I took a bunch of classes, and one of them one of them was uh, addiction counseling, mm-hmm. and didn't even have to try. I don't even know if I even cracked open a book the whole time. I got straight A's in all those classes, and the other stuff was like that I had tons of experience in. Yeah, it was like fighting through mud, and it was like weird because I'm like, how is this so difficult? This has been so easy for my entire mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. and I finally realized it was God basically telling me. That's not the direction that I want you to go right now. Maybe later, but not yeah. right now. Yeah. I want you to go this way. Yeah. So what we got so what I'm hearing in all of this is while you were looking for a burning bush, <laughs> God, God was setting the forest on fire. He was setting the forest on fire, <laughs> but you were missing it right. because you were looking for it on your terms. Yeah, it was kind of like that forest through the trees thing. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's what happens to us. Right. I, I, I remember I remember when I first got my driver's license back 
and I was I was in my my twelve step home group, and they asked they called me to share, and I pulled out my license and I held it up. I go, I finally got my license back, and there was dead silence in the room, and somebody spoke up. His name was Mike. He goes, "What do you want? A marching band?" And everybody laughed, and I was deeply offended. And then he, he pulled me aside later, and he said, "You should have had that a long time ago." You know, do you you want to be cheered on for something that you're supposed to have your license by now? Come on, man. And it was hard to hear at the time. Right. But the deal of it is we expect we have all these expectations on how God should respond now that we're doing the next right thing, how people should respond now that we're doing the next right thing, and how circumstances ought to be laid out in front of us now that we're doing the next right thing. The whole time there is a response. There is things being laid out in front of us. There is a plan in motion, but we're looking for it on our terms and right. not on life's terms. Well, that's because terms. we're always taught, or at least I was always taught, uh, you know, through people and through like the the uh, society and, and yeah. films and all that. Yeah, is like we're it's it's in, everyone's out for the, you know individualists. You your life is what you make it. If you're going to be a success, it's because you made it happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I get, I have to do the work. Yeah. But what I learned through all this process is I can't do this on my own, and I ha- I can I don't have to do this on my own. Yeah. Amen. And if I'm leaning on God, He'll guide me in the direction that I need to go because I spent so many years going in. 50 different directions trying mm-hmm. to figure out where my place mm-hmm. was. Like, who am I? Where do I fit in? What is my purpose in life? Uh, what is right. my career in life? And it was, I mean, granted, you know, cause I always thought that I was going to be this real estate guy and retire when I was 37. Mm-hmm. And I was in construction for 20 years and that's great. And I learned a great trade and I can, you know, I can build anything, but that wasn't what God's, that wasn't God's right, plan right. was for me. And so here I'm trying to figure out a way to like, um, you know, have, be some, be successful. And, and what that meant at the time was uh, to have as much, you know, have lots of stuff and lots of money. Right. Is sure. basically, that's how you determine what success is. Mm-hmm. And um, well, what I've learned along the way that that's not the meaning of my success. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, me and my 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 buddy I used to work with in uh, uh, one of the treatment centers. As we were talking about this one day, Eric and uh, <laughs> me and Eric were talking, and he's talking about wealth, and it was talking about it in a way of, of monetary wealth, and just out of the blue, I don't even know where this came from, but I said, "How do you know that 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 your gifting as a counselor isn't where your wealth is?" How do you know what you're doing to help others isn't where your wealth is? Mm-hmm. Wow. And, he, and he's like the, you know, he's been a Christian forever. And so he kind of blew him off as well, out of his chair too. And as well as myself, we're like, wow, where'd that come from? We're, the, we're just like, whoa, you know. Yeah. It's like we had to start looking at things from a different perspective. When I had to reinvent myself and mm-hmm. start over mm-hmm. um, because of an injury, my first thought was is I need to go and – 
be like a computer programmer or an engineer or something where I'm, I can make at least a hundred grand a year. Wow. That was my first thought. And then I'm like, uh, money's not everything. That's not important. Right. I want to interject here because this is important. Going back to the reading, it, it says we expected something quick and easy that would put us back on course. That's kind of who we are. Right. We, we want it now. We want it when we want it. It says as time passed, that's a really key statement, as time passed. In other words, there's, there's going to be some time here. If you're looking for instant gratification, you're going to be staring at whatever that is for a long time because time's got to pass. Right. Okay. But as time passed, we discovered there was no burning bush to guide us back on course or take away our pain. Rather, we discovered that this was to be a slow process with many subtle signs to follow that would guide us and become our burning bush. So like you were saying, you had many little burning bushes. They were subtle, but they were there the whole time. Yep. And you, you could have missed it if you had kept you were keeping your eyes on the huge explosion. Right. You know, Morgan Freeman's going to come tell me what to or do. Or the, the truckload of so- flashing signs that drive by you on the road. Remember that? Right. Yeah. That scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I need a sign. Here's a truckload of them flashing. Yeah. Yeah. So so it, it, just, it blows my mind because talking about our, our careers and what we do and what we are kind of taught growing up and so forth. Like, like in, in my case, I, I, have, I, have, I have never had as much fun, as much challenge, but as much fun and enjoyment and serenity in a job as I have since I have been the education coordinator out at Exalt Team Challenge comes with its challenges, comes with it, its heartaches, and all that. But I've never had the kind of peace that I've had before. And yet, I'm semi-retired. They want to pay me more, but they can't because I'm semi-retired because I took early retirement. So it's definitely not about the money. I can't work over a certain amount of hours, but I do because I have to in order to do my job. And I'm at peace with that. Whereas it wasn't that many years ago, it was like, man, if I work overtime, you better be paying me and you better be doing this because I got bills to pay and rush, 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 you know, and to be successful, I've got to make this figure. And now it's not about that at all. And it blows my mind because I hear people talk about their jobs and and people in recovery about now that I'm sober you know, I am worthy of this position and that position. And I'm thinking it's just totally flipped it, flipped the script right. on me. Well, it, it, we get too caught up in that. You know, there there is a, a level of pay for each position and experience that you have. Right. But it's how you look at it. If we walk in and say, this is what I'm due because this is what it, you know, this is what the industry says and this is what I expect. Yeah. Uh, instead of saying, you know, how can I help? This is what I can do for you. Right. The company or whatever. This right. is, this is my experience and, and, and go from there and then see how things play out. Um, I believe is more, uh, is more beneficial not only for me, but for the company, whatever company I'm working for in the long run. Sure it is. Because I'm not, fixated on on you know well you're the one that has to go home with you at night right i mean there there's 
obviously there's there's things that we do in life where we need money to pay bills. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so if we're not making enough in the job that we're in, then we need to go get a second job or make a career change or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Um or change our lifestyle. Yeah. Scale back on what our spending is. Whatever it is, sometimes we can't do that. But uh Did you let me so so here, here's the thing. We we you and I work in this field so we know we watch people <clears throat> they get a couple of months of sobriety. I'm not saying recovery. I'm just talking about abstinence now. And they have this expectation that everybody around them should be so proud of them. And then they're heartbroken when they're not. What would you say to them? Uh, well, what was said to me it, it, this is probably the easiest way to say this because this is it's kind of a complicated thing. It took you, it may have taken you 10, 15, 20 years to get to where you're at when you get to treatment. It yeah. may take the same amount of time to get to the point where you want to be in your life. So it took years to unravel everything. Right. It's not going to come back and be all sewn together in a nice package overnight. It may take even longer. It could. It could, and it all depends on what you're doing in your life. If you're sitting around focusing on the problem instead of the solution, sure, it's going to take longer. Yeah. If you're going to be walking around feeling like you're entitled, that everyone should forgive you, and that the world owes you something, or mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. now you're sober, and you've been sober for maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe four years. Sure. You know what I mean? But yet your attitude still sucks. You're not working a good program. You're yeah. not helping other people. Maybe you stop going to meetings after the first year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to look at all that. You're not serving anybody else. Right. You're you're just, yeah. yeah. The old, uh, if you can't, if you don't give it away, you can't keep what you don't give away. Sure. And I I believe that's true. You know, and the truth of the matter is there may be, sorry, but there may be people in your life that never do get on board with you. I've got a brother-in-law after 21 years. He still is wondering when I'm going to drink again. So you you got to say to yourself, do you care about your brother? I care about him. Okay. Is yeah. he is he is he uh do you want him to be a part of your life? Sure. Okay. So here's what you got to do. You either got to you got two choices. You can either for, forgive him, right? And accept him for who he is yeah. and deal with it, right? That's you set, right. set your boundaries, whatever you got to do. Right. Or you cut him off and don't have anything to do with him. Those are your two choices. Either one, it's on you. Because <clears throat> if you yeah. if you keep him in your life and you sit here and, you know, yeah. have all these resentments, right. then who's the sicker one? Right, exactly. <laughs> so every time you see him, he goes, well, did you drink yet? If you let that send you back out. Right. You're right. Then, then you're the sicker one. I've come to expect it out of him, and so it's interesting because after all these years, now when he makes statements like that, I, uh, you know, I mean, if he were to make statements like that, I haven't heard, actually talked to him in a long time. Um, but if he were, oh well, you know, you you can't. Sometimes you just can't. There's not going to be any satisfaction. I guess is the best word to use. Yeah, uh, from a situation 
that's probably the biggest thing is you got family members, especially parents, um, that cause a lot of damage. There's trauma in your life. Mm-hmm. Maybe they you feel like you didn't they didn't protect you. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of things that happen that you're not going to be able to fix, and you can't fixate on. Well, that person needs to to apologize for what they did. Right. Well, what if they never do? Never do. What if they don't even think about it the same way you do? Sure. Some people don't see, they don't remember things the same way that you do, right? Because yeah. we all experience yeah. things differently. Yeah. So, because I learned this from my personal life, is like if I sit here and I fixate on, I'm not going to have a relationship with this person uh, unless they for, they admit to what they did Yeah. or said, then... You might as well accept uh, right I, now you're not going to have a relationship I with that I didn't talk to yeah. my mom or my sister yeah. for 10, 15 years. Yeah. And it, it, when I got, you know, it was just ridiculous. When I got, had a few years in recovery, I had to just get to the point where I got to, I got to forgive them for me, not, not for anybody else. Yeah. I got to make peace with it. And I got to do my best to have that relationship and set sure. those boundaries. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So we are out of time. Um, The prayer at the end of this reading says, Higher power, please help me realize that your guidance comes in many forms, not always through a burning bush of revelations. It certainly came in many forms for you, over (laughs) and over and over again. It usually comes through other people in other sure. situations, but I actually have to do something. I have to show up. I have to be involved. Yeah, I can't, do your part. Yeah. I can't just sit back in the chair and look at my watch and go, okay. Yeah. I'm ready for change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I filled out one job application. I read this book. <laughs> I read that book. Right. So if I read, you know, I read the AA book and I read the big, the Bible. So now I'm good, right? Yep. Now you're good. Everybody should forgive me for what I'm done. Yeah. I've been sober in a facility for a year. I pour coffee. <laughs> All righty. Well, listen, it's been a good show. Listen, if you've got those expectations that everything is just going to fall in line right away for you. You know, some people, things happen very quickly. Sometimes they happen very slowly. Sounds like the promises. Yeah, it talks about that. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Um, our closing song is by Joe Walsh. And this is a song he wrote about his own recovery, and it's entitled One Day hey, at a Time. Did you have something that was your favorite thing to do in the whole world and you had to stop? My favorite thing was drinking alcohol. I only got drunk once for 20 years. And I had to stop. So this song is called One Day at a Time. It's a new song, and it's about relevant stuff.
Mr. Joe Walsh. Hey, listen, don't forget to visit our main website at Take12Radio.com so you can access us on our Podomatic app. You can take us with you on the go. You can access us on the YouTube channel, also on iHeartRadio, as well as iTunes and WordPress and all social media networks. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Dave Fleming, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you and reminding you that because of God's grace, you are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.